0: Well, good morning. You know, if you have ever been in a relationship where the other person sits you down and says, or just begins the conversation with something like, I need to talk about us. When that happens, you know you're going deep, and you better focus and pay attention because what's coming next is important. You know, I've learned over time that the strongest relationships uh, any relationships, but especially between like a husband and wife, the strongest ones are the ones where they talk about their relationship as a husband and wife. They have conversations about things like, you know, wh- where are we in, in our relationship and, you know, what's the direction that we're going and where would you like to go and, and what's important to us as husband and wife or what's, what are our values in this relationship? What, what are we going to strive towards well, today, today's message is like having that kind of conversation, because I'd like to speak about what's important to us as a church family, talk about our relationships as a church family, you know, where are we, where we're going, and, and how do we get there? Now, if you've, if you've ever traveled with, with kids, those kind of questions emit from the back seat, don't they? As you're traveling along, you get the where are we, you know, are we there yet, how much longer, you know, well as a church, it's, we can ask those same kind of questions, are we there yet, where are we going, but you can't answer those questions without knowing the destination, you know, what exactly are we striving for as a church, well, we are, we are in between our sermon series here at Journey. Last week, we, we completed Romans, 20 weeks through the book of Romans. Next week, we're diving into the Old Testament, and we're going to study the book of Leviticus. Yes, I know you've been waiting to study Leviticus. So we're going to spend a few weeks looking at the holiness of God through that incredible book, and Adam's going to uh, bring it next week and knock it out of the park and, and just lay out where we're going in, in Leviticus. But today's message is really about uh, kind of hitting the pause button, taking time to, to renew the vision, renew what's important to us, talking about our church family values today. And really our family values here at Journey are basically, we have three g- growing families, growing relationships, and growing spiritually. And we're just going to use those to frame the message today and help uh, describe and paint a picture of where we are going. So growing families, you know, here at Journey, we are a multi-generational disciple-making church. You know, we are a church for families with young children. We're a church for empty nesters. We're a church for grandparents. We're a church for college students and young adults and the young at heart. You know, Journey is a, is a church for Mops and Docs and Pre-K and Circle K. We're a church for athletes and mathletes. You know, we're, we're a church for FCA, FFA, FCCLA, and all the other A's that, that are a part of our schools. You know, we are a church for places, people like that are part of Northeast Nebraska Cattlemen. Cat, uh, corn growers, hog producers, and everyday bacon and burger eaters like myself. You know We're a multi-generational, multi-relational family. And the importance of that is driven home in a text from Deuteronomy chapter 6. This, this text is kind of the core verse for the nation of Israel, and, and it really drove their identity on who they were. But it begins with this by simply saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today, they shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them on a, uh, as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. You know, another way to put that is to get God's commandment inside of you and get them inside your children. And, when, and then talk about them wherever you are, wherever you go, whether you're sitting at home or whether you're walking on the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning until you fall in bed at night. So for Journey, that means our disciple-making efforts, they start at the toddler level. You know, here, here at Journey, we use a very intentional curriculum with our children called Orange And the color orange represents um, two primary relationships that influence our kids. So when you take yellow um, as the light of the church and combine it with red as the love of the family, you dramatically increase the impact and influence on a child's life. And yellow and red, when you combine them together, you get orange. Hence the name. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty slick. Well, those two combined forces have a greater impact than than on their own so it's not one plus one equals two it's more like one plus one equals four so what that means for you parents is that you know mom and dad we're in this together we want to come alongside you and support you as you introduce jesus to your children but it's also, you got to realize, it's not the sole responsibility of, of just the Sunday school teacher in the back, you know, to grow the faith of your children. We want to complement what, what you're doing at home and support what you're doing at home. And it really takes both. It takes the church and the family together. And, and we use this orange curriculum from toddlers up through eighth grade. We use it on Sunday mornings in Sunday school. We use it Wednesday afternoons at Rooted 56. And we use it Wednesday night for our junior high youth group. And the the developers of Orange put it this way, kind of as their mission for this curriculum. The way they say it is, is, we want kids to have a better future where three things happen. They make wiser choices, they have stronger relationships, and a deeper faith. And as I read that, I thought, man, that sounds like a good plan for adults as well, you know. So mom and dad, we want to come alongside you. And we invest in our children's ministry because we realize that we want to make disciples from that very young age. It's very important to us. So that means this 9 to 10 o'clock hour where you've dropped your kids off this morning, it's not childcare. It's not entertainment, it's not extended snack time or movie watching, it's disciple making of your children. So they're they're back there right now introducing Jesus to your children through songs, through videos, through adults teaching them and having some very intentional conversations. And before they ever get started back there, our teachers gather together before 9 o'clock and they pray for the day. They pray for your children. They pray that today might be a day where they can connect at a deeper spiritual level. And you know what? God is doing some incredible things through our youth ministry here at Journey. This last Wednesday night, for example, we had junior high and senior high met together. And we had 60 kids here running around Journey. And at the end of the night, junior high combined with senior high and they had a time of worship Where 60 kids are worshiping Jesus. Gotta realize that's bigger than a lot of churches out there today. God is doing an incredible thing through our youth. And what I love is that our students are inviting other students. It's not like they're getting dragged here, but they want to. They want to bring their friends, and they're inviting their friends. And, and students are inviting their other friends to Rooted 56 on Wednesday afternoons. And it is amazing to see what God is doing in our youth. Now, if you are more in the more of, a, let's say, a seasoned generation, you know, maybe you, you fall, you're a little older, um, I want you to hear this, that the younger generations, they need you. They need you to be a part of their life. They need your wisdom. They need your life experience. Uh, they need to hear your stories of what it was like when you were growing up and what it was like to come to faith in your life. And you know what? You need younger generations in your life as well. You know, If, if you want to have a really great day, just get on the floor and play, play with a bunch of pre-K kids. You might not be able to get back up again, but you'll have a great day doing it. I mean, nothing boosts my day than like reading a book to preschool kids or playing with them. So here at Journey, we're we're about growing families, but I don't just mean like immediate uh, blood families. I mean church family as well. You know, so are your kids older? You know, are you an empty nester, or do you have college-age children? Man, let me encourage you to invest in a younger family. Invest in some young, younger children. And, and as you get older, don't isolate, but imitate how Jesus spent time with other people. For Dory and I, in one of our early ministries, uh, we lived, uh, I think, like 12 hours away from any of our family. We were very distant. And there was a, an older couple in the church named Glenn and Kay Hall. And we weren't, we weren't at that, very, that church very long where they just connected with us. And they were just such a blessing to our lives. They were empty nesters at that time. And, and Josh and Sarah were very little. And Glenn, he would spend hours playing with Josh and Sarah and I just loved it, and Kay was this uh, constant source of encouragement, just this bubbly personality, and she was a math teacher, and she was still happy. I I couldn't figure that out, you know? (laughs) She was, but I I loved Glenn and Kay, and we still keep in touch to this day, you know? And at the time, they, they might not have realized it, but they just impacted our family. And for you that might be empty nesters or just older kids, you have an opportunity to bless younger families today. So don't isolate, don't neglect, don't just you know, check out because you're close to retirement age, but pour back into younger families and younger kids. So one of our core values here at Journey is growing families of all sorts and all ages. But a second value value that we pour into is growing relationships we we desire to be intentional about relationships so that means we're we're more than just a church with a big children's ministry you know around around here we use the phrase intentional relational disciple making and when i say disciple making i i simply mean uh, being uh, entering into an intentional relationship to help somebody else follow Jesus, where you're doing it with that intentionality in, in mind, where, where you want to see them uh, make that decision to follow Jesus, where, where you can help them go through uh, just the life transformation of what it looks like to follow Jesus and then help them find their, their mission and their purpose in Jesus. And that is best done in a relational setting not a classroom educational format. Now, Bible study is good. Don't, Don't neglect it. It's needed. But just because you study the Bible doesn't automatically mean someone is being discipled. I've been around ministry long enough to know that you can spend your whole life studying the Bible and never really know what it means to be a disciple or know what it looks like to disciple somebody else. Those are Those situations, those relationships are best done over coffee or done over lunch or in a fishing boat or in the combine or riding in the Peterbilt, you know, just doing life together and having some intentional conversations. Like, what's God doing in your life lately, you know? We can follow Jesus' example of how he deepened his relationship with his disciples and he often did it some very intentional ways. One is that he, he often had some really deep conversations around meals. You know, it's, there's something about eating with somebody else that just kinda allows deeper conversations to, to take place. You know, have you, have you ever considered the conversations that Jesus had with his disciples over food and at dinner table? Like the last supper, for example? kind of a big deal and it was done over a meal where jesus took an everyday ordinary meal and took it to a deeper level you know jesus also had some really intentional conversations with his disciples over kind of the spiritual high mountaintop experiences when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain and, and his glory was, was revealed, Jesus used that as a, as a teaching moment for his disciples. And, and for us, you know that, that might look like just allowing people in, into our lives and letting them know what brings you joy, what, what gets you excited, and, and then finding out what brings them joy in life and just what fills them. When those situations and those times come up in our lives, man, let people know. You know, share those mountaintop experiences. And I don't just mean like going to a Christian concert or going to a conference where you get all pumped up. I'm just talking about you know the high points of life when when you can say, yeah, look look what God has done here or through this situation or what God is doing uh, in this person's life. You know, have conversations around those things. But Jesus also had some really intentional conversations around kind of the valleys in his life as well, the the low points. If you remember just before Jesus' crucifixion, he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was in anguish. He was asking the Father to take away the cup, but then he, he, he resolved to do the Father's will. And through that difficult time in Jesus' life, his disciples were right there with him. And he was asking them and asked them to join with him in prayer. You know, he invited them into that valley. He allowed his disciples to experience not just the highs, but the lows as well. You know, there's something about relationships that go deep when he invites somebody over for a meal. Or when he can talk about those high points. Or when he can be vulnerable and just talk about the struggles and low points. Uh, that brings relationships to a much deeper level. So growing relationships, it's, it's intentional, but it's also generational. And I'm, I mean spiritually, uh, spiritual generations. And I love how Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 describes that. Because here Paul is, is speaking to Timothy. Um, and, and this is what he says. This, and he says, the, the things that you have heard me, this is Paul, the heard me say, in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This really reflects the spiritual generations that, that Paul is calling us to, to imitate. The, the first generation is just Paul himself. That, that's where uh, you know, he has been changed through the power of the gospel. The gospel has been entrusted to him. He's surrendered his, Christ, his life to Christ, and he's beginning to follow the teachings of Jesus himself. The second generation is Paul teaching Timothy as this young pastor, as, as this young church leader. And we know throughout that from Scripture that Paul mentored and discipled him. So that's kind of a second gen uh, outreach. Well, the third generation is where Timothy takes those teachings that Paul has given him, and he is now teaching these, these uh, sayings of Jesus to the next generation of people. But it doesn't even stop there because the people that, that Timothy has taught are now teaching others. Four generations of passing on the teachings of Jesus. But you know what? Unfortunately, too many people stay at just that first generation level. You know, God has maybe grabbed a hold of their heart and changed them and praised Jesus for that, but it's never meant to stop at that individual level. So that's why it's so important to get connected in community, to keep studying the Bible and then, then invite someone else to walk alongside with you, to learn and grow together. Or just invite yourself to, to join with somebody and say, you know, can, can we meet and talk about what I'm reading in the Bible? You know, I'd, I'd love to process it with you. It's just a great way to pass on your faith. So growing in relationships, I mean, honestly, it means going beyond just being a consumer Christian. It means going beyond just showing up on Sunday morning and just saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. But it's getting connected in a community outside of just Sunday morning worship. And, and that might be, mean going through something like Rooted, which is our, our life group, um, kind of introduction to life group, 11-week study that unfolds what biblical community looks like. Or it might be, look like getting connected in a women's study Um, that meets. It might be going to mops. It might be uh, being a part of a men's study. For younger folks, it might look like getting connected in youth groups on Wednesday nights or Sunday school for your children. It just means moving beyond one hour on a Sunday morning and connecting with relationships outside of the worship service setting. So our core values here at Journey are, are growing families, growing relationships, and thirdly, growing spiritually. When, when Jesus began his ministry, Matthew's gospel records it for us. And there in Matthew chapter 4, um, he quotes the prophet Isaiah to set the stage for the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And this is how we read it from Matthew 4, beginning in verse 16. It says, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. So it's, it's like Matthew pulling back the screen. It's like, here comes the Savior. And then here's the first words of Jesus as he begins his ministry. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And he immediately. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. You know, the, the answer to the, to the question, what is a disciple? is found right there. You know, we we look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, as a definition of a disciple. Simply follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So a disciple is someone who is following Jesus, who said yes to him, and is striving to follow his teachings that we know from the Bible. A disciple is someone who's being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit in their life and going through that continual transformation process. You know, that's where Jesus says, I will make you. He's going to change us into something that we can't be on our own. And a disciple is someone who's living on mission with Jesus. That's where Jesus says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. In other words, I'm going to, you're going to live for a greater purpose. And you know what? This is a calling that Jesus has for all of us. Just as he called Simon and Andrew by the Sea of Galilee, this call is relevant and applicable for us today to follow Jesus. But notice the word that Jesus begins his ministry with. The word repent. He's calling us to repent, to to change direction. It's literally what it means. You've been living one way, focused on self or sin, and and repent is a a total change in the other direction. It's a reordering our, our life. It's a turning away from sin and towards Jesus. And that's that first step towards following him. It's that d- decision point where we move from just being a consumer to committed where, where we move from living for self and for jesus as lord you see you have to be a disciple yourself before you, you ever talk about making disciples so a disciple has kind of lifestyle inputs and lifestyle outputs as well the things The inputs are the things that we pour into our life that encourage us to grow in our faith. Things like spending time in Scripture, reading the Bible, learning, another thing is like learning how to be accountable to one another in relationships and being vulnerable and open about what God is doing in our life. Learning to be a person of prayer is another input that helps us grow in our faith. And Jesus is calling us to just really remake and reorder our lives around him. It's about life change. It's about this process of transformation. It's it's allowing the Holy Spirit to work in different corners of our heart and and allowing uh, him to lead us. You know, Jesus, I've learned, he's really good at disrupting our lives, isn't he? He's really good at changing our priorities and our plans and inserting His in place. You know, when we start following Jesus, our priorities are going to shift. Things that we once thought were important are going to take second place to Jesus and His church. You know, so you've got to ask yourself today, You know, what's been first in your life that you need to let go of? You know, for Simon and Andrew that day by the Sea of Galilee, it was their nets, their boat, their career. You know, what would that look like for you? You know, are you willing to break with those former loyalties? Are you willing to break with the religion that you've been trying to do and work at in order to wholeheartedly pursue a relationship with Jesus? So there's lifestyle inputs, but there's also lifestyle outputs of being a disciple. And too often, there's a disconnect between the two. We do all the pouring in and and all that stuff, which is good and needed, but the outputs are things like loving Jesus and loving people. It's, it's, It's not only to know Jesus, but it's to live by his teachings, live by what we read in Scripture. Outputs are things like pursuing community and relationships with other believers and allowing people to get to know you below the surface level. And it's being part of God's plan to advance the gospel through those spiritual generations after generations. See, the calling of Jesus, it sends all of us out on mission. And living missionally, living as a missionary, just simply means being a disciple maker where you are at to this community, around the world. God might be calling you to update your passport and pack a bag, and if God is calling you to go overseas on mission, then go. Or it can be simply serving right here in the local church setting. you know, Serving and meeting needs in the community in northeast Nebraska nebraska and beyond you know I, I love how one author put it that i read this week He simply simply said to be a disciple is to follow jesus and fish for people wherever you are at you know here's something that i've learned firsthand over the years our best spiritual growth it really happens as we serve in ministry so you're feeling stagnant or you want to grow in your faith begin to serve others step outside your comfort zone and say, God, use me in an area. You know, find a ministry and a mission or a purpose and get plugged into it. Or you see a need, just step in and say, I can help. You know, it might not be anything that you've done before. It might be something that even might be scary to you, um, but try it. You might like it. You know, when I first came to Journey a few years ago, there was a need to help with vacation Bible school. And I was asked, can you help with vacation Bible school? And honestly, standing in front of a bunch of pre-K kids and elementary kids scares me to death, you know? You guys are much easier to speak to than elementary kids. But you know what? I, there was a need. I stepped into it. And don't tell our children's minister, but I found out I kind of actually like it, you know? VBS is kind of fun. I get, I get to be goofy and have a great time with kids and talk about Jesus with them. And yes, it's a lot of work, but it's also uh, rewarding and fulfilling. But I would have never done it unless somebody asked and I, I saw the need. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll try it. And now I'm like, yes, when's VBS? I'm ready. But sometimes it takes stepping outside your comfort zone. Sometimes you see a need instead of saying, let somebody else do it, or I'm not gifted, that's not my thing, sometimes you're just saying, yeah, I'll help out. And when you do, you find out that God shows up and you might like it and God can use you. You know, what makes it easy here at Journey is that we have two worship services. So you can like serve one hour and worship one, one hour. How convenient is that? You know, so if you're praying about that and you're feeling God nudge in that, man, let me encourage you to stop by the starting point table, fill out a Connect card, and on the back just check volunteering. And we can begin to have a conversation of what that looks like for you. You see, a healthy church, a gospel-centered, healthy, growing, New Testament kind of church is marked by ministry and mission both you know, reaching people and reaching out. And you know what? We all have a role to play in that because you all have different gifts. You all can connect with different people differently than I can, and we need each one of you to do that. In Ephesians chapter 4, it describes these different gifts and different responsibilities and different roles. And there it says... Um, talking about Christ, Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So we as leaders, as pastors and shepherds and teachers, we are here to equip you, the saints, for ministry. So you, that means you are the hands and feet of Jesus. That God is calling us to do the work of ministry. And as church leaders, as elders, as pastors, as shepherds, we want to prepare and train and equip all of you to be the best volunteer for Jesus that you can do. Or consider you know, stepping into a potential vocational career of ministry. That, that's the driving force behind our ministry resident program, is to raise up future leaders, But it's not just formal residency stuff that I'm talking about. It's for everybody. It's everybody doing everyday ministry. So it's volunteers that serve on Sunday mornings and Wednesday night. It's Sunday school teachers in in the children's wing. It's life group facilitators that gather groups in their homes or at church to study God's word. It's those that serve meals at the rescue mission that take care of our building, that mow the grass and shovel the snow. It's those who change light bulbs and vacuum carpets. It's those who play instruments and dust off vocal cords to lead us in worship. It's those who open the door with a smile and serve coffee to the tired and thirsty. It's those who greet the curious at starting point and help initiate a connection to Journey Christian Church. It's those who sit behind the scenes and push buttons and click through slides and run a camera and adjust sound volumes. It's those who check in your children before Sunday school. It's those who step up and help someone when they see a need. It's those that coordinate the meal train and make meals for new parents or those, those who are sick. It's all of you being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's all of you doing the work of ministry here at Journey. And that's what I love about this church is is we have so many volunteers, so many people stepping out and meeting needs, not only here in the church building, but in this community and around the world. But I need you to ask it today, is what are you doing with what God has given you? I mean, this church is enriched and blessed when every member is serving in ministry. We need each other. One author named Paul Tripp, he puts it this way, says your life is much bigger than a good job, an understanding spouse, and non-delinquent children. It's bigger than beautiful gardens, nice vacations, and fashionable clothes. And he goes on to say, in reality, you are part of something immense something that began before you were born and will continue after you die god is rescuing fallen humanity transporting them into his kingdom and progressively changing them into his likeness and he wants you to be a part of it catch that last phrase he wants you to be a part of it i'm going to invite the praise team back up this morning and And today's message, I know, is a little different because it was a time where I wanted to renew the vision of journey, of who we are, of where we're going, and what's important to us, and how disciple-making is the core engine of what we do around here. But If you notice these values that we talked about today, they have a couple things in common. One is that we're growing. That means we're we're never stagnant. We're always moving. We're constantly asking, God, what's the next step for me? We're constantly producing a harvest. And the second commonality is relationships. They're all about connecting with God and with one another. You know, like Deuteronomy 6 says, love God with everything that you have and love others as yourself." Our vertical relationship with God allows horizontal relationships with others to grow deep. And that relationship starts with each of us when we follow Jesus. And Jesus is inviting you today to follow him. So will you follow? Will you say yes to Jesus? I'd love to have that conversation with you today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for... Thank you for using us as your church. Thank you for uh, giving us a mission that's bigger than ourselves, that's a part of your kingdom, and a part of your plan. So, Father, help us to follow you today. Help us to say yes to what you have for our lives and for your church here that we call Journey. And may it all be for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand together as we worship.